Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Praise the Lord. Well, thanks for coming to this very um, important but very simple communion and worship service tonight um, where the Word's going to speak most of the evening um, with people bringing readings. We're going to take communion. But first of all, let's pray together. We thank you, Lord, Father God, for the, the path that Jesus took to Calvary. We thank you, Father, for the Via Dolorosa. Father God, for that way, that path that you made for him to take and that he, Father God, all the way through to pain of death, he followed that. He followed your way so that he could have us back again. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, that because of Jesus, he's brought healing into this world and hope and the possibility of salvation and an eternity in heaven with you, healing for wounded hearts and wounded lives and wounded nations. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, for all of these amazing things. We stand amazed, Father God, here tonight, Lord, at the great love that you have for us. Hallelujah. We thank you tonight. We give this night over to you. And Holy Spirit, may your presence just fill this this sanctuary right now and anoint every reader and every speaker and anoint your word as it ministers to us and as we remember, as we remember the cost that was paid for our sins. And Lord, we're thankful for that tonight. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we all know that Easter Sunday is coming, but we are, we're really good Friday people because all of that stuff that happened in the week running up to Friday, all of the, the, the betrayal, the hurt, the denial, the brokenness, all of that goes on in our lives all the time. But we can look forward to Sunday. Hallelujah. And tonight, we can stand here and we can look at the cross and we can, I'm sure we can all agree that that is where change begins. Change begins for us at the cross. Amen. You know, um, this symbol's been attacked for centuries. When I was 13 years old and um, the two most precious things to me probably in my life at that time because I was in a boarding school was a little Gideon's Bible and just the, just the fact that I, I knew the cross and what it stood for. But, you know, this world, it turns it upside down, adds bits onto it, uses it in all sorts of dodgy art. And people have taken what's of Christ, they've taken that very thing and they've They've used it for things that take the real meaning and value of the cross away. And we're here tonight to restore that, to restore that and to restore the cross to where it should be and to realize that the cross 
is the standard for our, our Christian lives. And never to forget that, that whenever we need to come back to the standard of our Christian life, we only need to go to the cross to do that. Amen. Praise the Lord. I wonder if someone would be so kind as to light the candles just now while I'm talking. That would be great. Someone, someone, thank you, sweetheart. Amen. So it's where change begins. And um, we're going to invite some people to do some readings this evening. But as I was saying earlier on, every single one of you here tonight and anyone who's watch, watching on the live stream, wherever you are, I want to let you know that you cost something that you are costly. You cost something. Um, and some, you know, I'm, I'm convinced that if everyone who was a Christian got the revelation of their worth and their worthiness, that the kingdom of God would increase dramatically overnight. When we really get, an, when we really get that revelation of just how much you mean to the Lord. You cost something. You cost something. Amen. So praise God. This evening I'm going to invite some people up. Hallelujah. And as they read, they'll, they'll do a reading. There'll be a slide on the screen. And when they finish their reading, they're just going to extinguish one of the candles and then go back to their seat. So praise the Lord. Give us a moment just to get ready for that. First of all, I'd like to invite Pastor Linda up for the first reading. Thank you. So we're starting off with Matthew 26, verse 6 to 16. I'm just getting this right. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring the Pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. So from that time, he saw opportunity to betray him. Amen. 
increase, Lord. Familiar story there with the the anoint with this fragrant oil that this woman broke and poured over Jesus. And you know, it speaks a lot of, to me about about worthiness and that she deemed Jesus to be worthy of this very expensive oil. And you know, I think about in, in, in light of this passage that Pastor Linda spoke about, Christianity requires us to pay a price. And to get anything, to, get, to have God's presence in your life in a powerful way for us to have a real living experience with Christianity, it's costly. It's costly. The anointing is costly. Amen. To to have to have the fullness of God's power in your life is costly. It does cost something. And I think over uh, years and years, I've heard people say often, "It's free." Well, he free he Jesus went to the cross. He says, "I lay my own life down. No one takes it from me." He did that freely, but the cross really reflects the worth that we had. And then Jesus, all he asks of us is is to say, if you will take up your cross and come and follow me, if you will take up your cross and come and follow me, that is going to cost something. Amen? He knows that. And so, praise God that the thing that triggered the journey to the cross was a betrayal. And how many of us have experienced that? Maybe some of us haven't, but a betrayal stings and it hurts deeply. And um, as we go through these readings, we'll see how in this week, Jesus lost everything and was totally forsaken, totally forsaken by the time he got to the cross. I'd like to invite Iona to come up for the next reading. Mark 14, 32 to 41. Then they came to a place which was named and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, John with him and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy and they did not know what to answer him. Then he came the third time and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough, the hour has come. Behold, the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Amen. Amen, thank you. 
There's a verse in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 that says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And just after Iona read that, and you see, you see here this situation we know in the garden when his, his men fell asleep and they wouldn't wait up and pray with him. And we know that Jesus was, um, was, was his body was perspiring blood. And I just can't imagine the, the foreboding, the crushing feelings that, that, that he must have been experiencing at the time. But above all, and it applies to us this day, that God will never leave us or forsake us. And he knew that his father God would never totally abandon him. Amen. Isn't, doesn't that give us hope? Amen. Praise God. I'm going to ask Jean to come for the next reading. This reading is from Mark 14, verse 55 to 59. Now the chief priests and all the council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none, for many bore false witness against him but their testimonies did not agree. Then some rose up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy the temple made with hands within three days. I will build another made without hands. But not even then did their testimony agree. Mark 15, verse 1 to 5. Immediately in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes. The whole council and they bound Jesus, led him away, delivered him to Pilate. And then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered to, and said to him, Is it as you say? And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him once again, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. But Jesus still answered, nothing. So that Pilate marveled. Amen. Amen. There's a scripture in 1 Peter 2, chapter 12, that says, Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, observe glorify God in the day of their visitation. You know, just confirming that reading there, that People will, will speak against you as they spoke against Jesus Christ. They, they, they called him a blasphemer. They called him a blasphemer. And um, this verse here speaks to us and says, keep on loving them, do good works. They'll see it. 
And one day, the day of their visitation will come. And then it's like the scales fall from people's eyes. So take strength from that tonight. It's not easy to keep on doing the right thing in the face of accusation and um, people pointing the finger, casting aspersions and all of these things. But be faithful. Stay rooted and grounded in love. Hallelujah. Amen. And God will see us through. We're going to move on to our next reading. Marion's going to read for us. Isaiah 53, 1 to 5. Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Amen. When, when I was just uh, in my teens and in church and at youth meetings and all of this, uh, uh, many people would say this, that every single lash, every single stripe that Jesus took on his back represented the root cause of, of the diseases we know today. Nothing was, nothing was left undone. He, he suffered so much to make sure that there was nothing left that we had to carry. And we know we, have, we walk through trials and tribulations, but we, you have to believe on the stripes of Jesus for your healing, especially in pandemic times where a future that is, is uncertain in terms of viruses, viral attacks, sicknesses and disease and all sorts of things, we have to hold on to the stripes of Jesus that according to Isaiah 53 says that we are healed by his stripes. We are healed by his stripes. And we all know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So keep the faith and remember that by his stripes, we have been healed. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor Nan to do the next reading for us.
Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him. They took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say the place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there, and they put up over his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he is the King of Israel, let him come down from the cross, and we'll believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. Hallelujah. We live our life in remembrance. Paul reminds us, reminds us of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, the Passover, Jesus instituted. Communion. And uh, Paul reminds us to remember the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to remember that he was bruised for our iniquities. He was bruised for all those sins that our forefathers committed. So there's no sins imputed to us. They were taken away at the cross. He was wounded for our anxieties, 
for our worries, for our cares. He died for the whole man, body, soul, and spirit. He died for us so that we would be free from sickness and disease. Yes, we still struggle with sickness and disease, but we got to remind constantly the kingdom of darkness about the covenant we have with our Father God. Amen. And that's why we, we, we stay in remembrance. And, and God, through His Son Jesus, paid the price for everything on earth for us. He paid the price for us. We receive that as we uh, remember the covenant. God is a God of remembrance. And there's only one thing that he doesn't remember, and that's our sins. He cast them as far away from the east as from the west. Uh, every day, he, uh, Jesus is seated right now at the right hand of the Father, constantly making intercession in our behalf so that uh, there's nothing that can be imputed to us. 1 Corinthians 5.21 says that he was made to become sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I choose to receive that word. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And because I am the righteousness of God in Christ, then all those covenant promises belong to me. Say that with me. All those covenant promises belong to me. Say that like you mean it. All those covenant promises belong to me. Amen. So, as we look at the word that says, uh, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. He's coming back. He's coming back for a church, that with, uh, for a bride without spot or blemish. Amen. We are that bride and he's coming back for us. And we say, come Lord, come. Amen. Uh, so the word goes on and says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that in the Lord Jesus in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Take bread with me, please. And it's with this bread that we remember that his body was scourged. His body went through trauma that no other person has gone through uh, as, as a free will offering. And so tonight, as we take this, this bread, it's symbolic of the healing that price that Christ paid, Jesus paid on the cross for us. So as you take this tonight, when you break the bread, think of his body that was scourged on our behalf and as we take that bread, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I eat health and healing to my body in the name of Jesus. So the word says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. With this cup, the Bible says in Hebrews 9.24 that his blood washes your conscience from dead works. Everything that's got no life in your, in your mind, in your conscience, 
that conscience which has been alive from the moment you came out of your mother's womb, that conscience started, and everything in your life up till now is still stored in your conscience. Well, the blood cleanses your conscience from dead works. Everything in your conscience is alive in Christ when you receive this covenant. Your conscience is cleansed, it's purified. So there's nothing that the enemy can, he can't point his finger at you and say, well, you used to. No, that was the old man. The old man has passed away. You're brand new in Christ. Amen. Your conscience is cleansed. There's nothing that he can point his finger at you and say, you once were. No, you may have been, but you're no longer. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. So he says, this is the cup of, of the new covenant in my blood. He shed his blood for us, paid the price for us. Amen. Remember that. Every time that you think of Jesus, remember the price that was paid. And he says, this do as you often drink it, as you often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we drink this cup, we thank you for the covenant rights that we have as your adopted children, that we have eternal rights, Lord. And because we are part of your forever covenant, Father, that we will spend eternity with you, Lord. We're thankful, Father, that we're in covenant with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 It's the second time today we've taken communion. We did it in the air this morning. And uh, I feel like running around this place, uh, screaming, uh, jumping up and down. Uh, because I know that I'm part of his forever covenant. Amen. So my reading is from Luke 23, verses 44 to 46. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Bless God for the reading of his word. Hallelujah. John 10, verse 18. Verse 17. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Therefore, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Amen. As we leave this evening, we're going to worship the Lord. And you might wonder what the significance of the candles was. And personally, I felt that the, the enemy, the powers of darkness and evil, wanted to extinguish the light that, was, that had come to this world. And they had a good go 
they had a good go, but they did not prevail. Amen. And on Sunday, it's like that last slide, darkness covered the land, but he wasn't forsaken, went down into hell and took the keys of hell and death and rose again on Sunday. And so Sunday, we relight everything. Amen. The light was never truly extinguished. The enemy thought that they had won a victory, but they didn't. Amen. And so thank God for that. Tonight, we're going to go out with her great is our God. And you might think, well, how does that fit into a Good Friday service when Jesus hung on the cross naked but the words of this song say he was clothed in majesty you see he might have hung on the cross naked but he was our king on a cross even then and he was majestic in victory and so that changed everything Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.